I first want to pray. <laughs> Let's close our eyes. Now, Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, and what we do want to just open our hearts to you. Father, have your way. Have your way in us, Lord, and Holy Spirit, come and uh, blow through us like the wind. And come rain on us like we've, like we've sang just now. Fall like rain on us. Yeah, Lord. Amen. It's such an important concept is to keep our focus on God. That, like even church, even what I'm going to share now, could become very complicated. It can seem like a lot of stuff and be overwhelming. But the simplicity of God's message is actually that, like that ballerina, when we put our focus on Jesus, if we are the bride and we only desire him, then everything else falls in line with that. Almost have that picture of the bride can get very consumed with like the buttons on her dress. And are the, are the buttons right? You know, it's like some dresses have like thousands of buttons. And uh, it's like, are they right? Are they all in place? Are they, is each one perfect? And the bridegroom might never notice those buttons. He's just looking at her coming down the aisle. And sometimes I think we could be consumed with the detail of some things. And not that the detail's not important, right? It's very important that the buttons are right. But that's not the point. We can't lose focus on the little details of, in this case, the dress. And lose the focus of being there for the bridegroom. And, yeah, so don't lose our way in the detail of, pre of preparing. But actually keep our focus on Jesus, the one. So this morning, I actually want to focus on what we get from God and what we should be doing with it. And I think <laughs> I'll see maybe the Holy Spirit directs me onto one specific thing but for now I'm just going to start with the, the bigger canvas of the gifts that God gives us and in Corinthians 12 verse 4 we read this it says there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit there are different kinds of service but the same Lord there are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men, in all of us. So we get all these gifts from God, and they're quite diverse. We are different people. We carry different things. But the unity of it is actually God. So very important that there's a unity in different things that God gives us and that we all work together 
So it's specifically in the fact that there are different gifts that God gives us, that there is unity. Because if I had everything from God that I, I, that I needed, I wouldn't need anybody else. Then I would be the full package. But I'm not. I carry a gift of God. Maybe something of leadership. But William carries something of worship in his heart. And the next person carries something of mercy. Helene carries mercy in our heart. And we all need one another. And in that there is unity. The next thing we need the gifts for would be power. That's the fun part. And I think it's a part where we very often miss out on is the power thing. The point is, we can't do what we need to do without God's spirit. We need to be empowered by spirit. Actually, if I had enough power to do what I needed to do for God, then again, I wouldn't need God because then I could do it. So I lack something that God needs to add to me. And so do you. We each need God's power. Then God's grace. God's grace is displayed in the gifts that he gives us. Why? Why would that be? Well, it's because we don't deserve any of it. So there's nothing that you can do to deserve what you've just sang about. Like Holy Spirit, fall like rain. There's nothing we can do to get it. God gives us gifts. Undeservingly so, we get things from him. So it overwhelms us when we allow the Holy Spirit to start working in and through us. It'll, it'll overwhelm you with God's grace and his mercy for us. That he would give us things. We cannot do what God has asked us to do. We can't be who he wants us to be without his spirit. To be effective in ministry and outreach in 412, into the nations, into the town, into our families. We need his spirit. I don't know, who of you had a prophecy over your life? I've had some prophecies. And has that inspired you? Especially when it comes true. Who's had a prophecy over their life that's come true? We need more prophecy in here. We definitely do. I've sat in a room that, that, that oh, let's go to scripture first before I go to a story. <laughs> the prophecy. Um, I think it's in Corinthians 12, where it says, no, 13. Let me quickly see. It's in Corinthians 12. I'm going to just, 
if I can't find it in my notes. It's somewhere maybe on the second page. Not that one. Um, (laughs) The point is this. Prophecy is there to show God's power to the world. The spiritual gifts are there to show God's power to the world. What makes us different to the bowls club or the golf club or the bike club? Or actually what makes us different to, say, Muslims getting together? Because they sing, they kneel more than us, pray more than us. What's different? Actually, the Holy Spirit makes us different. We don't have to strap a bomb to us to explode. The Holy Spirit is that power. It is. The the Holy Spirit, another word for the Holy Spirit, is power. Dynamos. Dynamite. Explosion comes from the Holy Spirit, the root word that is the Holy Spirit. That sets us apart. If we lack that, we are not that recognizable. We're very comfortable with some of the gifts that Jesus gives us. It's, it's a little bit like there's a Christmas tree with lots of presents. And we look at them and we go, uh, I like that one, that one. Uh, I like dark chocolate. I'd rather have that one. Leave the other ones there. The, the problem with doing that is that the gifts are there so that we can serve one another. And if we don't operate in all of the gifts that there is, we lack. Uh, Let me ask a question. No, okay, let's go on. Spiritual warfare. So you know that there are spirits, and some of us sometimes get trapped. And we have some influence. I don't actually know exactly how it works. I've never, never seen this for real, but... Well, I've seen people under the influence of spirits. But I don't know if, is it the spirit in the person? Are they on them? Are they around them? How does that work? That doesn't really matter. The point is that all of us, at some point in time in our life, give the devil authority to actually yield something of power over our lives. And to get free from that, we need to pray. To get free from that, we need the Holy Spirit to intervene. We don't have any power in that. We need God. In that, we need the Holy Spirit. If you pray for somebody like that, then you really need the Holy Spirit. Because if you can see sometimes in a setting like that, like sometimes you pray for somebody, and my wife's definitely better at this than I am. She's got that gift way more than I do. To see. Just go... You're angry. It's a spirit of anger that you've allowed in your... And you name that thing, and all of a sudden, there's freedom. We need the spirit. We can't make that up. We need the Holy Spirit in those moments to be a witness to the world. So, we need to be built up together Right? Ephesians 4.12. We need the gifts so that we could be built up to fulfill 
the mission that Jesus has given us to go out to the world, to preach to the world, to lead them to God, to show them God. To do our very purpose, we need God's Spirit. So what I'm getting at is that as Christians, and when you give your heart to the Lord, having spiritual gifts is not an optional extra. It's not something that we can say we are or we are not comfortable with it. It's not an optional extra. It is essential. It's vital. We cannot do the things we need to do, and we cannot be who we, who we were made to be without God giving us something that we don't have. And if you haven't gotten it from the Spirit, then you don't have it. It's a gift. It's there. It's there for the taking. So all of us, when we were little, at least, loved something like Superman, right? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Not Batman. Batman makes his own gadgets. <laughs> you know that. He has no superpower. Batman's just rich. <laughs> That's his superpower. <laughs> Business is his superpower. God doesn't want you to be Batman, to do it in your own ability. Come up with clever ideas. Build gadgets. God wants you to be dependent on a supernatural ability which you do not have in your own. He wants to make you Superman and Supergirl. Yeah. <laughs> really? I'm going to read it for you. Let's go back to Corinthians uh, 12. And we read on from, from there. Where is this? I'm jumping around in my notes, so bear with me. Corinthians 12, verse 28. Sorry. I'm jumping around wild. <laughs> Have you got that? 12, verse 28. It lists, it's a list of all the different, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. So there, let's, let's read what we get from the Spirit. It says, And in the church God has appointed first apostles, prophets, third teachers, then, read that, workers of miracles. Also what? Having gifts of healing. Those able to help others. That's a supernatural gift. There you go. Dirk loves that one. Help others. Those with gifts of administration. Philip in the office. Speaking in different tongues. So most of us don't have a problem with... What's the major, major gift from the Spirit? What's the biggest gift from the Holy Spirit? Love. Most of us don't have a problem with that, luckily. Love. But many people would have a problem with some of the other stuff. It's not only there in 28 that it says it. It says it early on as well. Let's go to Corinthians 12, verse 8 to 11. 
To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, another the message of knowledge, something you don't know, and all of a sudden you do. To another, and it's all by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Again, gifts of healing by one Spirit. Miraculous powers. Prophecy. Distinguishing between spirits. Speaking in different kinds of tongues. And interpretation of those tongues. And we can talk about that all day long. And some people will say it's weird. It is a bit weird. When people start speaking in a language that either doesn't exist or you cannot understand. But does it exist? Well, Scripture says it does. Would it make us uncomfortable? Sometimes. Would it make you uncomfortable if you start speaking and all of a sudden you cannot understand what you are saying? Yes? If it doesn't, well... It should. <laughs> if you could get the superpower of flying, but you have fear of heights, would you be uncomfortable with your superpower? <laughs> that is all of us. We're all afraid of stepping out in faith. And it was beautiful for me what William said about the simplicity of this. The simplicity is actually that you can't do it. None of you can heal the sick unless you're a doctor and you give them medicine and knowledge. Right? And doctors would tell you that they can't heal people either. They can just help the body to heal itself. So they take some hurdles out of the way. Bacterial growth, kill it. Maybe stitch together the wound so that the cells are closer to each other so they can adhere. But they can't make them adhere. God does that. So none of us can heal anybody. So you're off the hook. But who's got the gift of healing? Yeah. Come be bold. Who's got a gift of healing? So that is God's gift. I'm going to say that there might be somebody here that's got a powerful, miraculous gift, but you don't know. You know why? Because you've never tried. So faith is a little bit like a chair. Have you heard this analogy before? There you go. So, picture of faith is that chair. I have faith that if I sit on that chair, I will not fall on the floor. Do you share that faith? You do? Michael doesn't. <laughs> Although you're very relaxed on your chair, full of faith. <laughs> Huh? That faith means nothing until I do this. Now I'm operating in that faith. That faith was an empty statement 
before I sat down and put my full weight on this chair. Would have been funny if it broke down. <laughs> but like this chair, I can't, I can't muster up faith. People do the weirdest things. They have the weirdest things that they do. And we want to, we want to formalize it. So let's, let's say I walk out of the building and there's a, a person that doesn't have an arm. And I hear God's spirit and he says to me, make mud and pack it on this person and I'm going to form an arm. And I pray for him and there's an arm. Do you think it'll work again? So is that the way then? From now on, we run to everybody without limbs and we build them limbs with, with mud and then we pray for it and then God's going to make that thing. I'll tell you now it won't work. Because again, then we want to put it in our picture. So, so God prayed, Jesus prayed for somebody that was blind. One person, he actually just said, you can see, and they saw. The other person, he put mud on their eyes and they saw. How did he know? He heard the Spirit. We need to hear God's voice. We need his Spirit to talk to us. You need to hear him. But that's practice. And if you don't do it, you'll never do it. So how many people have you raised from the dead? Anybody here? Okay, so who has not prayed for a dead person? That's why. Because none of us have prayed for a dead person. So our hit ratio is 100%. (laughs) We can maybe see the dead raised, but only if we pray for them. They will not get up on their own. God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the dead bones. It's a spiritual picture. Wasn't it dead bones in the valley? It was a spiritual picture of Israel. But God said to Isaiah, son of man, prophesy over the dead bones. And he had to speak it out in faith. And then stuff happened. But he needed to do something. He needed to speak. God could have raised the dead bones to life on his own, but he doesn't do it. He's waiting for you. I'll tell you a story. Um, I don't think I've got a supernatural gift of healing. I I don't. I've prayed for a lot of people. I've seen most of them not healed. (laughs) Will I stop? No. I'll tell you why I won't stop. I won't stop because I've seen people healed. And I've seen people healed in a way that's impossible. That cannot be explained. And what that has built in me is faith. I have seen that sometimes when I put my weight on that chair of faith, of healing, I sit. Sometimes I just fall. (laughs) But I don't care. I don't mind falling. It doesn't hurt. And I want to inspire you to do the same. We have to live with these things. Healing is one thing. There's another thing. I I haven't even seen that. It says there's healing 
And then there's miraculous powers. What does that even look like? I don't think the church is walking in that at all. What is that like? If healing is one gift, right, I think that's a miracle enough. I think that's what we call a miracle these days in the churches. We prayed for the sick and they got healed. They stopped coughing after 14 days. No. <laughs> that's natural, natural healing, okay? We can't call it what it isn't. <laughs> if we call, if we, I prayed for, for, um, uh, Alan. And he was coughing, and he was still coughing afterwards. But I, in a week from now, he's going to stop coughing. But that's not my prayer. <laughs> Is that breaking my faith? No, I'll tell you why. Years ago, Liesl's brother was in a car accident, a horrible car accident. He was driving a small little bucky, and a truck came from the front. And he was going through the blind side of the corner, and the truck was coming the opposite way. What he didn't see was the truck wasn't in its lane. So the cab was, but the rest of the truck wasn't. And that hit his car straight on. And he actually got pulled in underneath the, the truck. And he went out the other side of the truck into a field. Just outside, what was it, Kruenstadt. And he was driving like this. Who drives like this? Window open? Uh, who? Don't. Farmers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, don't. Here's why. That truck hit him right there. And it actually took his arm away. It, it hit, hit him there. And it took it away. It ripped his top, top part of his arm out the back of his back, his shoulder. And he was pinned in the car. The steering wheel was going in the one side and out the other side. And he was, they had to pull the whole car apart just to get him out take him to hospital. We were living in Johannesburg at the time, and we got a phone call. And we didn't even know the full extent of the accident. We just knew he was seriously injured, and he was in ICU. And we prayed. That was all we could do. And we drove down. Uh, we couldn't see him. We could see her parents, but... He was in hospital. And the doctors came out. Obviously, they had to remove steering wheel parts from him. And they had to try and put his insides back together. So that was what they were focused on. And the doctor came out and said, listen, we can have to just take away the bit of arm that's left. And you have to sign for it. And Liesl's mom said, no. Don't do that right away. Just give it some chance. Now, obviously, we didn't see the extent. The doctor said, listen, there is no arm. There's a bit of skin, and then there's the bottom part of his arm, but the rest is not there. It's gone. And his mom said, just, just try. And what the doctor said he did was there were bone fragments that they found. So he put the bone fragments down in a little row, and then covered that with skin that was there. But they were so fighting for his life with his organs and his lungs and stuff that collapsed. They were full of holes that they didn't have time for the arm thing. So they just left it. And they sort of covered it with gauze. I saw that. Not much of an arm to see. 
And I'll fast forward the story. He was in ICU for two months. In a coma, induced coma for a month and a half or something. In fact, he had a liberty policy, medical policy. And when he was, when he got out of hospital, liberty sent somebody to come meet him. Not because it's so amazing that he lived. They wanted to know that how can they spend so much money on somebody and he lives? It was a record for healthcare in South Africa that somebody was in a car crash, that they paid so much for healthcare, and he lives. So impossible. If you, if you cost that much, you're dead. Any case, he was really weak. He went home, and after about a two-month period or something, he went back for a checkup with the doctor, and he sat down in the doctor's office, and the doctor said, listen, there's a problem. You never signed a release form. Because at the time, he couldn't. He said, do, do me a favor. It would be great if you could sign it, just to get my paperwork in order. And he said, yeah, no problem. And he grabbed the guy's pen. And the doctor said, whoa, what are you doing? He said, you said I'm sign your document. He said, but don't move that arm. Anyway, this one, why not? The doctor said, there's no elbow in your arm. I don't know, but it looks pretty okay to me, he said. Unaware. And the doctor said, no, 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 wait a minute. Sent him in for a scan. They did a full scan of his, of his arm. And he has a full shoulder, full elbow, and a full arm that he can use. That you cannot explain. That is just prayer. That is just prayer. God recreated in him an arm and an elbow. In fact, the doctor said, it is impossible because I severed the nerves in his shoulder that needs to go to his hand to control his muscles. He said, because otherwise he would have had pain his whole life long. So I saw those nerves and I terminated them for him. It is impossible to control his hand, even if the arm regrew. Yet, Eugene has an arm that works. And an elbow. And there are scans to prove that. For the people that don't believe it. <laughs> In fact, the doctor took it to a medical convention... He said, I'll pay for your second scans because I'm going to keep them because I'm going to take your first ones and your second ones and I'm, I'm taking that to a medical convention to show unbelieving doctors what God can do. To, to lead them to the Lord, not to show them that the medical profession is flawed. <laughs> we need God's spirit. You need God's spirit. You could be that person who carries one of these gifts. And why do we need those? Well, I'll be honest. Immediately when, when you hear this, you want to go, wow, you guys did that. No, we didn't. So we just prayed. 
We had no idea. I didn't even think we asked for something specifically. I think we were just praying for his life, let alone his arm. God did that. God does it. He gives us gifts, not for ourselves, but for each other. He wants to give you gifts so that he has given you gifts that you need to operate in for the sake of the whole body. It is as every part does its bit that the whole body functions together. That's that scripture. That is the scripture. It is in, it is in this. Ephesians 4.12. I questioned this when I saw commentary. It said that apostles, prophets, teachers. It says the, the gifts are given to build up. Ephesians 4.12, right? To build up the saints to do the work of the ministry. And I was, no, wait a minute. But those are the, those are the, the leaders, right? The apostles, prophets, evangelists, those things. But actually, they're, they're spiritual gifts. So it's just to prepare God's people to do the work of the ministry. But in Corinthians, they listed among the faith gifts. Corinthians 12, 20, 12, 28, that we read, it says, Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, help, guidance. Those are given to the church to build up the church to do the work of the ministry without healing, without mercy, without leadership, without some miracles that we don't even know what they are yet. We cannot do everything we need to do. And we cannot be everything we need to be to one another. What gift has God given you that you don't know about because you haven't tried it out? It's a little bit like a fireplace in a house. Right? It's a weird looking piece of thing in your house, a hole in the wall. It does nothing. It's not even very pretty most of the time. Unless you make a fire in it. And then it heats your home. Unless you use it, it is useless. Unless you use it, you might not even know why it's there. So, we need God. We need His Spirit. We need more of it. And we have established that we don't have enough of it, right? Right? Yeah? Not just healing. Healing is just the one that I, I felt God focus on a bit. But it's there to show the unsaved also the power of God. Prophecy. I started with that. Before we knew that we were going to come to Otsurim, we had lunch with uh Rodney and Trina, Kirkpatrick. I think they were here at some point. Yes? Back in the day. So prophecy is something mind-boggling when you see it in operation. From, from, so here's the thing. Here's, we all can prophesy. Do you know that? You can all prophesy. It's not going to make you a prophet, though. It's not like the Old Testament prophetic gift. You know that there's a difference between... This is free. 
between the Old Testament and the New Testament prophetic gift. So you've got Isaiah the prophet. He is the man of God. He's speaking God's very words to the nation. The prophetic gift in the New Testament operates way different. It's an encouraging gift. And it was given by, what, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Saul gets slain by the Spirit and starts prophesying. That's in the Old Testament. And they say, what? Is Saul a prophet? He's prophesying with the prophets. That's all of us with the Holy Spirit. We all can be encouraging and see things in people's lives and prophesy that. We prayed for um, for Michael last night because their little baby is on the way. And, uh, and George needs Michael and Donna to have something of the Holy Spirit. And that's, we prophesied over him last night. Powerful words of him being a dad to his son. We need that. We need that power. We need that insight. They're going to need the Holy Spirit to raise George. But we need God's Spirit. We cannot do it on our own. And that we'll only get if we ask. And we'll only know what we have if we start using it. Does that inspire you? That we can go out there. You can pray for the sick. You can lay your hands on people. They can walk. Yeah. Where do we go with that? Yeah, the just the I think for us to, to use it and to function in it. And for me the big thing <laughs> see, I got the power. <laughs> saw that <laughs> but in a sense God wants to give us tools and I think this morning I think God wants to give us and enable us with some tools to do the work that he has, got, that he has for us and they're practical tools some of these things they're really practical things it is so that we can serve one another. God wants to give us these things so that we can serve one another. It's, and it's not, about, it, it, it's not about me. It's not about you. The moment that we lose focus on God, we'll get like the ballerina. She'll fall over and look stupid. And the moment that we make God's gift about us, we're the ballerina that's lost focus on the point. And we do silly things. And the world is filled with people that has a gift from God that's doing silly things. It's really sad, but it's true. They've lost focus on God. And they're walking around building their own ministry instead of building the body. 
In Africa, there was some guy that was doing incredible, miraculous things. Was that a gift from God? Yes. Did he use it for himself? Unfortunately. It became all about his name. Nobody went into Africa at the time. It's like, what, 20 years, 15 years ago. Nobody went up into Africa to go see Jesus. They went to the guy. It cannot be about us, and that would be the big thing. Can God trust us with his spirit? He wants to. So practically, 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 God wants to give us things. And we can pray for it. Who who would want more of God's spirit? I want more of God's spirit. Can, can I ask the band or the worship guys? I know you also want God. God can give you a spirit before... If you want to fall down, just put your guitar down first. <laughs> I saw that years ago. A friend of mine was playing electric guitar in church. And slain in the spirit, fell on his guitar. <laughs> guitar broke. And he said, like, never again. He's never going to hold on to control. That would what God wanted to show him was he was so in control that he thought, you know, I'll play my guitar and it's all on me. And it's, it's not all on the worship team to bring the presence of God. It's actually all on God to bring the presence of God. Like I can't make the chair hold me up against gravity. We can't do some funny dance or some ritual to muster up faith. Faith is just the knowledge that God can do it. Do you believe that God can do it this morning? God can do anything. He created everything. That's faith. Jesus says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you'd be able to move mountains. He says, you'll be able to tell the mountain to cast itself into the ocean and it would do it. Here's the point of that story. So you would go, here's my guttery instinct, instinct reaction to that. As a, as a, it's like I'm more of a scientist training. So my science brain says to me, I just need a mustard seed of faith. I'm going to get a little bit of faith together and then I can do many great things. That's my physics brain working. If I only could get together a little bit of like, I'm going to wipe it all together and I'm going to get a little bit of faith together, just the size of a mustard seed, and then great things will happen. That's not the point of what Jesus was saying. He's saying it doesn't matter how little faith you have. He can do great things. It's not dependent on the amount of faith that you can somehow muster together. It is the simple belief, the simple focus on God. Knowing that He can do it. And then God does the rest. So, in closing, I would like to first, I'd like to pray for us. 
And then let's just sing that song together again that we did this morning. And trust God that He'll give you gifts. Now here's the thing. What is it going to feel like when God gives you the gift of whatever He gives you? Probably like nothing. You probably not. You might. And then it's great. You might feel warm, cold, a breeze, whatever. But you might not. You'll only know when you start operating in those things. You'll only know that you can prophesy if you actually take the time to pray for somebody and hear God's word for them and tell them what you feel. Prophecy this morning was the guys that came up to me before we started. That's prophetic. That's God's spirit speaking through them and directing our focus this morning to Him. You can all have that. We can all walk walk in more of that. Let's pray. Can, Can you stand? stand in your presence Lord and and Father definitely we don't have more faith than a mustard seed so we are fully dependent on you this morning to to do the work that you need to do through us and in us so Father this morning I want to pray that you will fall like rain. Holy Spirit, that you would come and give your gifts to us, Lord. That you've already given us, Lord, of whatever we carry. Father, that you would add supernaturally to each one standing here your gifts, Lord. Father, you say that it's up to you to apportion gifts to the body. And as the body is standing together, Lord, I'm praying that you would apportion gifts, Lord, to each one standing here. As you please, Lord. Father, I pray for boldness. Spirit of God, that you would fill us with faith and boldness to start walking in the the Spirit and in the gifts that you give us. Father, that we would try things that we know that we can't do and trust you that you would complete it. Come, Holy Spirit. Come full on us, Lord.